presentation of Zagnar Productions, LLC. Broadcasting live from beautiful Zagnar Studios in the heart of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, it is time for this week's episode of Indie and Unsigned, where we bring you tales of the independent entertainer on their way to the big time. Remember who you're listening to today, because you may see them on the big screen or hear them on the radio tomorrow. Hosted by yours truly, the legend in his own mind, the man, the myth, the mad karaoke DJ, Mr. Fingers. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, 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 what's going on, peoples? How are you doing? How the hell are you doing? It's Saturday. Wake up, wake up, wake up. If you ain't up by now, it is 1 p.m. in the Central Time Zone. It is 2 p.m. on the Eastern Shore, so you should be up and moving. It is Saturday, another edition, episode 5 from season 2 of Indie and Unsigned. I'm your boy, Mr. Fingers, the Mad Karaoke DJ. Uh-oh, I just committed a faux pas because I normally don't start my show without repping my squad, so I got to get right with that. There we go. Boom, boom, boom. I know that offends your senses because I know you from Tennessee. I know Go Big Orange, whatever. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'm here with Tennessee singer and rapper Southern Rez. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, bro. You all right? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to have you on. It's good to have you on. So Southern, uh, normally, normally as I have been doing this show, I have been having people on that I have some sort of background with, that I've either gigged with them or seen them gig or things of that nature. Uh, I I peeped you, um, Clayton Thomas. For those of you that aren't familiar, Clayton Thomas used to be a skit writer on uh, a skit writer and a, a set guy that worked the backgrounds of Wild and Out, uh, and is now a, you didn't know that, did you? I did. Yeah, Clayton. He him and uh, him and Doughboy because Doughboy actually was. On, on screen talent. He and Doughboy go way, way, way back. Him and Doughboy mm-hmm. and Tahir and all of those guys. Tahir more. But uh, Clayton Thomas is doing uh, big things. Content creator, Facebook, YouTube, all of that good stuff. Uh, team Clayton Thomas. All Team CT all day. Go check all him day. out. Uh, uh, and uh, he was having a talent competition, which he does apparently once a month. Uh, I saw it live. I clicked on it. And uh, people were just singing. And uh, the way that the talent competition ran was... You had one round. You had the first round where everybody came on and sang a little something. Uh, and people that were watching the stream contributed to the cash app. And the cash app pot grew as the talent competition went along. And uh, three people stood out during this uh, comp- this particular round. Uh, the dude, that dude, Big Marcus. Uh-huh. Big Marcus. Uh, shouts out to Big Marcus. I'm going to holler at him. Probably have him on sometime soon. So. Uh the Ginger G, John Holiday. <laughs> this dude, this dude, look, he looked like a, 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 a he looked like a, a man of larger stature, fair skinned, <laughs> with red hair. And that boy sang, that boy opened up his mouth and started singing. I said, Frankie Beverly, is that you? Like, he just killed it. And you this young, like- and this young man right here, Southern Rez. Now, what Rez did, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, Rez. Uh, actually, I'm going to jump right into it. We'll get back to the how you got into music and everything like that. But what Rez sure. did was every round, he did a mashup. You essentially would take like a, you would take like a Jodeci and a Drew Hill song and do a mega mix and sing them together. And uh, Rez wound up winning the competition and taking home, it was a nice little chunk of change you got off of that, ain't it? Yeah, 
That ain't bad. That's not bad for a day's work. Not at all. It's a chick. Just to sing a few songs and not, not need a band or, or, or backing tracks or nothing like that. That was, you know. No. I'm thinking about getting on that thing a bit next time they come around. Um, yeah. I, shoot, man. Look, because you know that 1400 ain't coming no time soon. So we got Come on now. <laughs> the political views and opinions expressed by Mr. Fingers are not necessarily those shared by Indian Unsigned, Zagner Productions, or any of its affiliates thereof. Anyway, um, so he, he killed it, man. And I was like, I got to get at this cat. So, you know, hit him up on the IG. Uh, we got to, you know, we got to, uh, we got to chopping it up. And here we are. Because I, I was like, I got to have this cat on. So, so tell me a little something about yourself, man. You know, who you are, where you're from, blah, blah, blah. Let's let, let's let the people know who you are. Sure. I'm from Tennessee. Um, I've been doing music roughly around, well, really all my life, but recording probably about eight years. But I've been learning uh, different little uh, skills here and there as far as making beats or either recording myself, learning to mix and master. So within those eight years, eight to ten years, I would say, that's what my process is being. So it's like a, it's like going to the gym, putting up shots, and then you know you can shoot. Okay, now I need to work on my dribbling, and then it's just spreading myself through each area to be uh, um, a Swiss Army knife, if I don't say myself. <laughs> so you like you kind of like to taste. You say you like to taste some hill of hip hop, huh? <laughs> Wait a you said eight to ten years. So you look you look like a young man. You can't be thirty yet. How old are you? I'm twenty four. Good Lord. Well, you know what? I can't say anything about that. I got started around about that time. Too. I wrote my first song at 14. Remember the old keyboards where you could you could do the uh, the rhythm, the rhythm and the track with the left hand, and then you could riff up here and with the keyboard split. I wrote this song. I had this crush on this girl. I named the song after everything. I gave it to her. She's like, that's nice. That's, that's, that's cute. And then I was like, okay, heart crushed. But right. uh, fourteen years old, huh? Man. So what? 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 What inspired you to start actually writing? Uh, writing and you know, you do you write and produce all of your own stuff? Um, I could write and produce all of my own stuff, but um, I went through a phase of where my beats weren't good enough, where I felt like I could rap on them. So I would just go to YouTube and do the typical millennial thing, which is just type in type beat and the artist you like. So. Once I found um, a beat I liked or either I would hear like a radio hit and I was like, okay, I want to write to this because I always seen people doing like covers. So that turned into me being addicted to writing. Also, my cousin um, in Michigan, he was one of those first people that like got me to write in songs. Like my dad sings and he's a tremendous singer. So just always coming up under him, I always wanted to sing or it was just a natural thing. Like I'm riding in the car, learn every song on the radio. They're like, how you know all these songs? But yes. I just wanted to. I just wanted to mimic what I heard on the radio, and then it became a, an obsession. So, um, you can also look out for my father. His name is Van Beard. He will be on. Okay, uh, that's who Van Beard is. Okay, Mr. Beard, if you're watching, hello. I'm. I'm. I'm like, where's the camera? <laughs> How you doing, Mr. <laughs> Beard? Appreciate you. Appreciate you uh, supporting and putting this out as well. He's been. Uh, I could tell. I knew he was a family member. Not too many people named Beard, but but he was. He was. He was. He was hyping you up, man. So. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so that turned into my my obsession for music, and then um, I met my friend Kane Johnson, and from there, we um, he told me how to make beats, or he just pushed me into the direction. So I was looking, mm. I was like, 
I wasn't thinking about that at first, but just having somebody to push me into that direction, like, oh, yeah, I make beats. And then I thought about it, and this around my eighth grade year. So that's where going into my freshman year, me wanting to make beats. And then it kind of slowed down because I was playing basketball and caught up in everything else, want to play with the girls and all of the extra stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Say less, my friend. Say less. <laughs> Man, look, couldn't tell me nothing. You ain't practice your music. I, I'm going to football game, Mom. Going to homecoming dance. And bar the keys to the car. <laughs> then you find, then you get to messing with women, and you like, oh, that's why all these songs on the radio is about breaking up. Okay, I got you. <laughs> look, <laughs> speaking of that, I I got projects on the way right now. Like my brain be in so many places at the same time that. I be having to kind of devote time to certain areas of my life. And then once I kind of get that caught up, I move on to the next. So I'm pretty sure we got some heartbreak albums coming. Then we got some of my, my more self-love albums or self-focused albums coming. So I'm just devoting time in all those areas right now. Good stuff. Good stuff. As a matter of fact, if you listen to most R&B music, and here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to get your opinion on this in a second. But if you listen to most R&B music, it's one of three categories. It's either I love you. You broke my heart, or we go in the club and party. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Have you ever noticed that? Like, listen to Brian McKnight, man. One minute Brian McKnight talking about if ever I should believe my work is done, I start back at one. Then the next one he talking about shoulda, woulda, coulda. Then the next one he like, I'm in the club. Let me get some of that. It's a cycle. It's a, it's an endless loop. You know what I mean? Like, how how emotional you are until that comes about. You're like, I'm emotional. <laughs> right? Oh, man, Carl Thomas. <laughs> and I wish I never met her. Look, Jay hit that right on point. <laughs> I wish I never met her at all. He hit it right on point. <laughs> oh, man. So you said you had a project coming up. So what are you working on? Uh, I have Kobe Child on the way. And that's, um, it's kind of like a rap bag. I might have some singing on it, too. But it's more so of a just, it's like putting up shots. I'm, I'm getting my practice attempts in the gym up. So when I pop out, I can know I'm sharp in this area of rapping and whatever else, freestyling if I need to. And then um, I've been thinking about doing a project called No More Broken Hearts. So I've been trying to keep everything somewhere under wraps and not say too much, but it's promotion. So okay. if I get attracted with either title, then that's cool. Okay. You said pop out. You got any Greek affiliations there, young man? Say it again. I said, you said pop out. That that phrase jumped out of my mind. You got any Greek affiliations, your Greek letter organization affiliations? I don't know. It, <laughs> if I do, I don't know nothing about it. Okay, so you have joined a fraternity. That's what we're getting at. No, no, no. Okay. No, no that was <laughs> that was the thing. We pledging, you know, we want somebody. Number seven, pop out. You know, I, don't pay that <laughs> no, no. Don't pay that no mind. Don't pay that no mind. No. We just talking. Ladies and gentlemen, it is... Indian Unsigned. I'm your host, Mr. Fingers, the Mad Karaoke DJ. If you happen to be watching, because sometimes we do get people that are watching live and just hanging out. If you happen to be watching, drop us a comment in the chat section so we know that you are there. I am monitoring the chat. Uh, you, are you watching the chat too, right? I'm gonna go back and watch it now. My phone went off on me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see anybody in the in the uh, thing right now. There's, it says there's one person watching and i think that might be me because <laughs> i got a moderate but it's okay we'll get eyes on later if you happen to be watching the replay just drop a hashtag replay when you drop your comment so we know when you sent the when you drop the comment i'm here with tennessee singer rapper southern res uh talking about projects he's got coming up and things of that nature so let me ask you this question you 
you said your father's a tremendous singer, so I'm going to go ahead and assume. And uh, what you put, what you brought to the table when you went in a talent competition, a uh, lot of R&B heavy. So I'm assuming you had a a a very uh, immersion. Immer- you, you went through the R&B immersion program growing up, because I would I would I would venture to guess my your pop and me about the same age, because I have my son is same age as you. Uh, uh-huh. So what? What type of R and B? What was your R and B flavor like? You know, Motown, Philadelphia sound. What? So, Motown for sure. Um, my dad was one of those people, and then like everybody in the family listens to older music or just some type of music in that that realm. So, um, if I go over my auntie's house, I might hear some old jams. If I'm at home, ninety percent of the time I'm hearing some old jams. You might hear the whispers. You might hear the stylistics. Oh man, stop! You said whispers. Come yes. on here, yeah, that's it. That's it, yes, sir, boy. Them <laughs> cats still got the mustaches too. <laughs> and the beat goes on. Singles <laughs> mustache. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So that that turned into me either looking into that music and then relating it to the music we have right now because a lot of times people just keep sampling the same thing. So. Oh, no I doubt. Away, so I would be inspired to either jump on that beat or go back and find the original song. And be like, okay, I want to flip this my way, and that turned into my production. I was always being inspired by older production, so that feel in my music has always been like a deep, soulful, strong, ground rooted type of music for me. And so, uh, do you do you feel that your project is going to be? Is it going to be more R and B heavy, or is it going to be hip hop heavy, or is it going to going to be a good mix of both? I feel like it's a fine mix of both. I feel like um, hip hop is. I feel like personally, hip hop and rap is just the babies of rock, jazz, and the Motown R and B groups. All of those in the big gumbo pot, and we just we adding our own thing to it, and it's being labeled hip hop or rap or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh R and B. The big thing question about R and B, how do you how how hard or difficult have you found so far? Because it sounds like you're still pretty early on in the stages. Now one thing I didn't know coming up is uh by the time you hear somebody's debut album, they've been gigging behind the scenes, you know, traveling and same thing with comedy and acting and all of that. They've been uh-huh. gigging, they've been traveling, they've been going and playing places for 50 bucks and hitting open mics and things of that nature, just trying to get their sound out, uh, to get to, to build a following. Um, how difficult have you found it so far? Uh, just in, trying to do what it is that you do. Now, I know in today's age, it's a lot easier because all you really need, all you need now, you know, when I was growing up, you wanted to be on the radio that do exactly what we're doing right now. You had to go to school and get a broadcast journalism degree and intern somewhere. And then maybe you might get the midnight slot and work your way up to the morning drive. You know, now, right now I have a laptop, a microphone and a board and an internet connection. And here we are. So how, how difficult do you find it that it is, uh, to just to get your to get your foot in in the door in the first door. The biggest part I feel like for me was just either networking and learning the game now and not being stuck between like because 
small town syndrome for me is being able to go pass out CDs. Although I can do that, a lot of times, I honestly, I don't be wanting to do that because I feel like it takes so much time away from what I could do on the internet. So for the first couple years or so with learning this, I'm st- and I'm still learning every day, that it's not necessarily about... Um, which is hard to explain. It's it's not it, you can do hand to hand, but make sure you're consistent with whatever you're doing. If you're gonna do hand to hand, be consistent with it. If you're gonna do the internet, be consistent with it. So I had to learn consistency, and that's been my biggest issue. So okay, now um watching a lot of interviews and just soaking up game on okay, what did this person do? Like uh, for instance, a guy named Russ, he's a platinum artist, and a lot of times when you bring up his name, nobody's really ever heard of. Him. Yeah, I'm like who. <laughs> his perspective and watching other people's Nipsey, for example, Nipsey Hustle. I don't know if you know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know about Nipsey. So it was kind of somewhat the same thing. A lot of people didn't really catch on to his music until he passed away. So, I mean, it's more so of a just put it out, and when people catch up, it's like a a seasonal show. When it comes back. People go, or when people catch up to you, they'll be like, okay, I'm gonna watch the first season of this. I didn't know he had this album. So that's right. what me put shots is like my my Kobe Child project or my No More Broken Hearts. It's like me working on my love albums and expressing my feelings in this way. And then when I get to whatever, whatever platform, I've been putting up these shots for so long and working on my craft, it just turns into I've been waiting to do this. You know, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned the, the basketball analogy and putting up your shots because you know, um, the debate is being had right now about who's the greatest, who's the GOAT when it comes to NBA, whether it's LBJ or MJ. Uh-huh. And, you know, you are you came along a little late in the game, but when MJ came out, I mean, you there was nothing he couldn't do in the paint. I mean, he was going to come in and he'd come in and no-look you off and dunk on you or come up underneath the basket. Like, he was going to do a layup and come underneath the basket and – shoot from behind the basket, all the footage that you saw. What people don't understand is later in his career, as he started to age, because it happens to all of us, as he started to age, he started working on that jump shot. And then once he got that, once he found that range, it was completely not. Now he could hit you from outside the arc, or he he could come in on you, or he'll come in, dish it out, scoop back out, post up in the corner, and hit you with that corner three. So I, you know, that's a very interesting analogy that you that you brought up there. Now you mentioned hand to hand, and I want to make sure I'm following you on that hand to hand. You mean like the guys passing out the mixtapes, right? Okay. You know, you know that's you know that's that's gonna become a thing of the past, man. Hardly anybody has CD player anymore. Man, and that's that's what I struggle with a lot. So I think about do I want to waste my time or not necessarily waste my time because if you can get it to somebody's hand that has a CD, then I mean that's still cool. You still build a a personal relationship or just that that's an experience that somebody can hold on to. And when you get to this platform where it ain't no CDs no more and they still got this CD, that turns into a collector's item or whatever. Oh, so oh for sure. For sure. It's for just sure. a, I, it, my heart a lot of times won't allow me just to cut these people off over here mm-hmm. and just behind. Cause it's still good people that listen to CDs. So, Oh, bro, I got, I got books, you know, hey, I, I, I came like, I went from, I went from as far as portable music. When I came along, it was the eight track era. Then the eight tracks progressed to cassettes, and then cassettes progressed to CDs. 
So I've got, I don't know where my cassettes are. All the eight tracks are at my parents, at the parents' crib. But I got, I got vinyl here at the house. And I got books on books in the garage in a tote of CDs. But in fact, yeah. I did, I did the same thing. Like I struggled with that. Like people were like, yo man, um, you know, I don't really do a lot of digital. You think maybe I can get a copy. Of some I got, I got like 20 CDs still sitting here at the house from the EP oh. I put out three, four years ago because people said they wanted them. And then I ordered 50 and then a bunch of folks were like, I'll just get the digital because I don't have a CD player, man. So, <laughs> it's good to have either or. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So what, what steps, like what, what did, what was it that finally made you say, I'm, I'm going to stop doing this. You know, I, obviously I like doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and pursue it. Like make it a full-time deal. Like go, you know, pedal to the floor and go. It started with hoop dreams and uh, my freshman year, I made the team, but previously to that, I just had a whole bunch of health issues, and that's no excuse. It's just I had to build my body back up. So once I got to the ninth grade. That baby to... needs some milk. <laughs> I, right. I had to get accustomed to the conditioning. And from getting accustomed to the conditioning, that took most of my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, I spent most of my time, okay, trying to learn the speed and what's going on in the game. So – I was more say or more so fully devoted to um, basketball than I was music. I would write music every once in a while. But once I got out of school and I just kind of started falling out of love for basketball, like the grit and grind for it when they're no, no more. So mm-hmm. I got to um, my junior year. We went to state. We lost by two. I left there because I felt like I wanted more offers because I didn't have any offers at the time. But I felt like I was a good player. I went to J.C. Young, which is, um, for lack of a better term, it's like the urban school. Okay. But everybody everybody excited you get there, but it was a new atmosphere, and it was a learning experience. It's not that the people around me were new. It's the mentality of winning wasn't the same. Gotcha. We had a good football team, but once we get to the basketball area, it's like we ain't got a gym half the time. The uh, coaches don't even do scouting reports. We don't know who we plan, so <laughs> you just walk in a situation hooping. You ain't really having no type of game plan when you go in. So you show up and be like, "Oh, these cats actually good." <laughs> like that episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> right. That's exactly how it would be. Like every night, new face. Now we don't know how this person play until we play them, and then we're like, "Okay, we gotta try to get them next go around." But you don't have no real structure. And that showed me the difference of how I work with structure and how I work without structure. So that has given me a balance between those two. Okay. So I got out of school, went to college. I didn't get to take up on any of the offers because of my ACT, which is, I feel like the typical hood guy story. Like he was good enough to play, but he just didn't have the ACT to, to hoop or either the, the will and determination to know, okay, you keep taking this test and just do better. So my, like I said, my drive, I started losing my drive for it. So once I got to that point, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm cool with this. I didn't have that much belief in it no more after that. So I go to the local school and I try out and I made the team and I ended up just not going back to school. I was like, ah, this don't, it, it didn't fit me. I feel like the structure itself was cool, but it was just like, ah, do I really want to do this? Nah. But I had started picking, I met Kane again at, 
Jackson State. And I feel like that was my purpose of just going there for him to remind me, like, you know, you still do music, right? But so now I get back to the situation of where I'm focusing on music. I'm getting better at beats. I see the growth. And th from there, I like it taught me um, to be self-efficient rather than worrying about what somebody else could do for me. So I started to be more adamant about trying to make beats and make them sound better. And what does my mix sound like on this? Okay, what is my subject matter? Okay, this this allows me to express how I feel. And a lot of times I feel like <clears throat> music has always been my outlet to express myself. But when you walk into certain structures, I feel like you're not allowed to express yourself when it comes to how you feel that day or you become the rebel or the outlaw of the situation. Mm -hmm. Music has always been an expression of things that sometimes had to go unspoken for, for, for persons of color. I mean, you know, there were even the coded songs with during slave time, you know, uh, the something they were planning an escape that night. They said, wait in the water, God's going to trouble the water. So, you know, they let you know you're going by the water. We, we, right. we going, we going down, but we going out by the Creek. You understand? So I definitely, I definitely feel you there. So at, at what point do you think that now, do you think that you will be, remain 100% independent or that you will at some point as far as being self uh, a self-contained unit like doing all your work yourself or do you think that you will eventually wind up teaming up with somebody at some point to to further your I'm, you know and as we speak like a lot of times <clears throat> I do know the music I make and then I'm learning to expand my mindset and my perspective on things so I don't want to bring somebody into a situation where they feel uncomfortable. And if you feel like you're comfortable working with me, cool. If you don't, then I understand that too. That's like, I feel like that's like the guy who, who get out of jail. Then everybody kind of like leery around him. Cause they feel like you straight, like you, <laughs> <laughs> that type of vibe. So everything is, but everything Say it with is, your chest, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like I'm expanding. I don't know. I, I feel like if the opportunity presents itself to where it, it makes sense, cool. But I don't feel like I want to just necessarily give everything away because I look at this as the same as the stock market or anything. Like, it can either go up <laughs> or down. And I'm willing to bet on myself and if I stay consistent. And that's the main thing, it, just staying consistent and having the product and the determination to be where you want to be. So. Okay. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I ask not necessarily because you're going to be giving anything away. Now I know in the industry, nothing is free, even at, even at the independent level. But I was more so thinking about maybe at some point as you're, as you grow, maybe getting into getting your own produce, you know, getting a producer, like getting, linking up with a producer or linking up with and collaborating with a songwriter, not necessarily giving away your any giving away any by all means, hold on to everything you got. As an example, as when JT decided to go solo, then he linked up with you know with the Neptunes, and the Neptunes was the production team for the bulk of that for, for for that for the bulk of that album. You dig what for I'm sure. saying? You know uh -huh. because it, it I, man, I've I've done I've I've been at the point where you are. I can tell you, being a one-man show can be exhausting because you have written the music, you got to come up with the lyrics, and you've already figured out in your head how it's supposed to sound, and then you're trying to create the sound because you're doing the music and you're doing the beat, 
and you're listening to it, and it doesn't sound like it. it you listen to it, going that don't sound like it sounded in my head. And then right, you're trying right. to get the mix right. You're trying to get the mix right 800 times. And of course, it's got there's the car test. Got to get in the car and listen to it in the car because sound. Where that style term come from? Like for so long, and when I heard him talking about that, like, and I always been a Kobe fan, so. From my younger days of just watching Kobe and then seeing like this guy is amazing, and then you see like everything that comes with being amazing, and then you learn his his process of being amazing. So right, I've always wanted to strive for that. Then I realized, okay, maybe I don't want to play basketball. I like basketball, but I don't want to play it as bad as I want to do music. Mm-hmm. So I found myself trying to follow in his footsteps. Okay, I'm a hoop in school. I was good at it, but. That wasn't my main focus a lot of the times. So like when it comes to learning plays and all the extracurriculars, like I was like, okay, mm, I'm I'm losing the love for this because you know your talent, but somebody trying to bring structure to your talent was the problem. Right, and, and that's where I was going with that because that, that that with the collaborations because you can be exceptionally gifted, but the uh-huh. folks that are exceptionally gifted that are able to maintain at that level for uber extended period of time. Prince comes to mind when I think of somebody like that. Like Prince was, Prince was the one man show, boom, done. Like all he needed was the label to get him going. And once he made his name, once he made his name, and Warner Brothers finally cut him loose and said, "Okay, whatever," he was already established. But you don't find too many people that are able to get into business independently and continue at that level where they are. I mean, you can still be president ceo whatever like it's all still you but uh-huh. you still at some point will need as you grow it is it becomes harder to maintain that structure on your own and that that's that's kind of where i was going with my earlier question i yeah. do have somebody that i just um started recently buying beats from the guy is phenomenal so he has a lot of work that i'm pretty sure is going to be on kobe child so um, okay it's out of the workload off of me as far as having to worry about like he was talking about earlier with the mixing and extracurriculars yeah because sometimes man you get inspired by a song and wake up with a song in your head and you go fire everything up and you in there big beating and banging and you got it all together and you're sweating and whew, you barely got time to go to the bathroom get yourself a cup of coffee a cup of water throw you down a couple of uh, uh throw you down a couple of keebler crackers and keep on going and then when right. you get done with it and you hear it you're like oh that sounds good i gotta mix it down you don't want to deal with the mix down you don't want to have somebody say, okay, you had an eighth note here and it should be a sixteenth note. You just want to hand it to somebody and go, here, this is what I did. I need you to clean this up and get back with, you know. Right. You know, that's why you normally see recorded at, you normally see produced by, recorded at, mastered by. Like, every, everybody's got a step that is all handed off to. But, so, you know, at this at this stage in the game, I, I think you got you got a good game plan in place, I think. I think. I like the, I like the, the way that you that your mind works with that. So, so tell me about, <laughs> tell me about wake them up, man. Cause that was, the, that was the second thing that drew me in your direction because after I saw you on the talent show, uh-huh. then I went back and said, okay, let me check my man's, let me check my man's creds. Let me check his social media. Let me see if he's got a YouTube. And there was, there was Wake him up, wake him up, waking up, get the breakfast in the morning, wake him up, wake him up, hit the club with the girl, wake him up, wake him up. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on this. So tell me about wake him up, man. So that started with a project um, called Alarm Clock. And the whole theme of the 
project was just waking people up. But within that, I had other songs that came along, uh, Rise and Shine, Alarm Clock, uh, Rude Awakening. And it's given the perspective of, okay, I want people to wake up to what I'm doing musically and just you know drop some gems here and there that allow people to wake up to their surroundings. So... Um, well, let me find out you like Dean Big Brother Almighty at the end of school days. Wake up! <laughs> <laughs> and that's my my whole. I wouldn't say I make conscious music, but I do at the same time. Okay. Once awareness rises, I just write about what I see. So somebody would they put a term on it, conscious, but I can't help but just talk about what I see. So I understand. Um, I, understand. I speak on. Is that a is that commercially available anywhere? Actually, actually, wake them up. I did. I did. I got wake them up off of. Uh, I, I bought a copy. Oh, I found it on Amazon Music because you know I, I like to. People, do yourself, please. I'm looking at the camera for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Of uh, we ain't gonna say which community, but y'all know which community I'm talking about. <laughs> if your people decide to give you a hookup because they love you, that's cool. Let's learn to start supporting people. When they ask, when you know, when they've got something going on, let's learn to support them. Don't don't just say, "Well, let me get a copy of that free." Go ahead and spend a couple dollars. It's not gonna kill you. How much was that on Amazon? A dollar? Yeah, it wasn't that much, bro. A dollar. Nah, I, I spent. I, I gave. I gave my man's a dollar. I saw him sing on somebody else's show. I gave him. I gave him a dollar to pay for the song that he put out. It, it, that's all it takes. Because if you spend a dollar. And you spend a dollar, and you tell your friends about it, and they spend a dollar. Then the next thing you know, my man's got ten, fifteen dollars. You know, he could be starving. That'd be enough to go get himself a number seven at the McDonald's uh, off the McDonald's value meal. You understand right. what I'm saying? That could be a take of gas. That could be a take of gas for him to get. Or I don't know. It could be five gallons of gas because gas like two dollars a gallon. I don't know what it is in Tennessee, but that could be enough gas to get from point A to point B to make an to meet uh, to make it to an appointment with somebody in the industry to get him where he needs to be. So let us please start learning to do that and stop asking everybody for the hookup. Let, let, let them give you the hookup if they choose to, but go fully prepared to pay for it. Okay. I'm stepping down off my soapbox now, thus in sermonette number 5,678 now available on cassette, LP, vinyl, yep. phonograph, CD, MP3, APU, CCD, or whatever all them other little uh, designators are, and you can find it on uh, all available, every place that's available to stream. All right, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we here, Indian Unsigned, Episode 5, Season 2, with uh, my man straight out of Tennessee. Where in Tennessee are you from again? You said Jack- Tennessee. Huh? Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee, single rapper, Southern Red. Jackson, huh? How far is Jackson from uh, Knoxville? I think I asked you that already. That's about, what, two hours, if I'm mistaken? Oh. No, nah, it, it, it might be further than that. Memphis is about, like, an hour away from us, so. Okay. So, y'all rep, so y'all rep the Tigers. So, in Jackson, do y'all rep the Tigers? Do y'all rep TSU? Or is it all go Big Orange? Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what to tell you, but it's a mixture. I just, you rep, rep, rep. Some people went to this school, so they rep that. And some people, it's, it's really divided, to be honest. I just, I, I asked that question because, I you know, I'm, I uh I went to Savannah State, but uh-huh. I grew up in Georgia, so you know I, I'm repping my dogs, but For you sure. know I I rep my dogs, but I, God, I gotta get some SSU gear, man. Anybody watching this right now, 
even if you're watching the replay, no, I don't need that music. See, they got my theme music trying to play us off again. Uh, anybody watching this right now, even if you're watching the replay and you got some hookup on some SSC, some lids, I need some SSU gear. I need to start. I need to represent my beloved college by the sea. Where Savannah meets the sea. <laughs> Talk to him. Say to him. Where Shannon Sharper and touchdown downs, 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 something like that. Yeah. That was, you know, man, let me tell you, that was off topic. That was, there was, I don't think if ever there was a time to be a student at an HBCU was the nineties because you had, you had all the, you had all the, all of the media catered to HBCUs at the time. You had Cosby who was representing HBCUs. You had the different world was on TV. You had school days, you had high learning, you had, I mean, and the, the amount of talent that has come out of HBCUs during that era, one of which is currently vice president of the United States, you got uh, 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 Taraji P. from Howard. You got Diddy from Howard. You got uh, Shannon Sharp at Savannah State. Red Grant at Savannah State. Tone Bell from Savannah State. All of them went to Savannah State. Uh, you know, just I just I, I want to. No offense to anybody if you you know because I know some folks take things personal. This is nothing other than the fact that I went to Savannah State. My parents went to Savannah State. My grandparents went to Savannah State, and I love my SSU. That's all that is, so just keep that in your pocket. So I'm going I'm to I'm try and find me a lid next week. I done took about three minutes away from your interview time, man. Let's get back to this thing. Southern Reds, y'all. How you, how you doing, Pippin? <laughs> Keeping it steady, man. Keeping it steady. Oh, man. So what, what, is your end, what is your end goal? This is a question that I ask everybody when I have them on. What is your eventual end goal? That's tricky. I look at people like to a degree as my end goal. I might look at Jay-Z in certain areas. Okay, I want to be this financially stable or helping in this way with my people or whatever. Just I look at him in that space and I'm like, okay, this might not be my end goal, but I would love to be in this space. So I don't want to allow myself to cut myself short by thinking, okay, I want this to be my end goal. But I can't look at this person and admire where they are at the time. So either whether it's being financially stable, um, like Jay-Z or having my production production level as good as Big Crit or some of the other artists that I look up to. Um Y'all are deep. Y'all are, there's a lot of lot of uh talent come up out of that area too, right? For sure, out of Memphis, they um they really been blowing up a lot. It's just some of the names is three seats mafia. Just for an older crowd. Um, hey, hey, watch yo- your mouth now, because I used to get down on that. I got to stay fly. <laughs> you 22, right? Bruh, I'm 50. No, I thought you were supposed to. T- I was trying to throw how, you. The, the- how, 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 how the hell am I supposed to pull that off? Come on, man. I, I just got done saying 10 minutes ago, I got a son your age. Man, you gonna jump, you gonna come at me with some twenty? You got to do better than that, man. Come on, if you go, if you go, if you go lie, you got to at least make the lie believable. <laughs> that show you how good I am in lying. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember three six, man. God, man, every you couldn't go anywhere without hearing three six. And I was living in D.C. at the time, and Wale Wale was on the come up when I was when when uh, three three six was doing their thing, That's and people guy. were bumping three six. Yeah. I like Wale too. That's that's one of the guys that I listen to. Like one of the guys I listen to. One day I want everybody that I was listening to. Like my end goal is to become a global artist, be financially stable. If I'm not financially stable, then I know things happen. But 
I feel like that's a part of the plan. So I feel like it can't I can't fail if it's a part of the plan you keep striving for it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to leave generational wealth for my future um grandkids and my children. So my mind is just mostly focused on being financially stable and leaving behind a music that can be lived by because history only repeats itself. It does. Sadly, it does it does have a tendency to do that. So you mentioned there's a lot of artists that you you know, you threw some threw some names out there. Is there anybody on a local level that you have worked with that really just uh, it, whether you worked with them or if it's somebody that you followed that has influenced you in some way from a musical standpoint. Shout out to my guy, Legend AME. We actually did a feature on shout out to Zell. He's a big, like he was one of the first people that ever took me to a studio or invited me to a studio. So that was like a cool experience for me um, and him and the other people that were involved. Um, Dietrich Murphy, his rap name is DK. Um, we got some music coming up too, so. I have a lot of people that I've tapped in with. I know a lot of times, like, this is the thing for me. It seems like you can tell this kind of a competitiveness there with some artists. So they don't want to bring you into their light because they feel like you're going to take they, whatever they got going on. Tale as old as time, young man. Tale as old as time. <laughs> so you, that, do, you do shows at all? Have you done any shows? I, I performed, but it wasn't for that. Like, my actual music. Because I just started back recently putting out my music not too long ago gotcha. so gotcha. i'm getting, you, just i'm just telling you to prepare you to get ready there will be people you'll go somewhere and you're supposed to be on a you're supposed to be on the bill and everybody's going to be trying to jockey for a position it's like well i don't want to follow that one i want to go before them or you know what yeah. i mean i've i've seen i mean there have been established artists i mean i was watching something on buster rhymes the other day where uh-huh. you know when buster was on the come up where Buster would be opening for somebody and Buster would come out and kill it. And then, a matter of fact, I think Bill Bellamy was talking about it. He said Buster Rhymes came out and burned the stage down and Coolio was the headliner. Like, because uh-huh. Coolio was real big at that point. Like, when Bus, Bus got done, walked off stage, nobody wanted to hear Coolio. Like, Coolio came out and people were leaving. So, <laughs> you know, and he, he had the number one song in the country at that time with Gangsta's Paradise. But Bus was just... And then it done, it killed it. So you'll see that. That's that's why I was asking if you'd had anybody that you'd had a chance to collab and work with. Look, I, I've offered plenty of time. Now, I have been some people that have reached out and then, like, just on my end, um, like, I wasn't vibing with the song at the time. So I don't want to just throw anything on your song and just to say I did wrong with you. When it happens and it's the right time, then it happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I retract my other statement, but it's the truth. But, you sometimes you do kind of feel that tension because if, like I said, it's it, the Kobe child turn, bro. That's literally what I mean. Like, okay, we in the same league and playing field and whatnot. We playing the same game. But if I hop on your song, I want to show you, hey, it's levels to this. Like, I'm trying to kill my verse or whatever I'm doing on there. I'm not coming to bag down and just be same old Perez. That's my real name. Same old Perez all the time. Like, because I feel like I'm not living up to my full potential so understood and it takes it takes an artist that is very secure in in their place in the industry and with their legacy i'll give you a perfect case of point tech nine tech has no problem tech will put out a song and put the call out like tech is at like worldwide choppers he he had i can't uh, he had i can't remember some of the names of some of the international artists that he had 
But then he brought in he brought in Twister and Buster Rhymes on Worldwide Chopper. And then he turned around and when he did uh speak and then of course Chris Calico. I mean Cali is See, I never heard of him. I heard of the Chris Calico is a you, you you have you uh you've heard uh Speedum right? Uh uh-uh. uh no. My brother, oh man, when you get off this show, we go talk. When we when we go off air, we gonna talk. I'm gonna play it for you. It's uh, Chris Calico is one of the featured artists on his label, Strange Music. Okay. And um, Chris and Tech normally a bunch of the songs they do together. Like if you hear somebody singing the hook. On a on a Tech Nine song, that's Cal, that's Cali. Okay. But Cali also raps, and he is nasty. And then he did, but he did speed him. So Cali opens it up. No, I'm sorry. Tech opens it up. Cali jumps in with a verse, and then they go into the hook, and then they just pass it to Slim Shady, and he yeah. he marked it like this was this was all in the span of M had just dropped Rap God, and Tech Nine had just done dropped Worldwide Choppers, right? And then they turned around and like a year or two later, they did speed him. And so my point is, he came in and killed that verse. And then Busta Rhymes is on the end of uh, Worldwide Choppers. Both of them killed that verse. But Tech was secure in that. It's like, I'm good. I just want to show some love to my peoples. So, you know, as long as you, as a performer, are able to, you know, be aware that, you know, and other people too. That's the hard part is working with other people and showing them, look, nobody's trying to take your shine. It's just, you asked me to do what I do and that's what I did. It's a shot. You put the ball in my hands. Don't put the ball in my hands and tell me don't shoot. Huh, man. That'll preach right there. That's a sermon. <laughs> that's a sermon. Pass that to the pastor when you go to church on Sunday. Be like, hey, pastor, throw that in the sermon somewhere. Pass the plate right here in my room. Everybody put a little bit in there. <laughs> <laughs> Right about now, we thank you for coming to Virtual Church. Uh, We are passing the collector. Collection plate is actively open during the entire sermon. You can hit the cash app at uh, dollar sign. First, Mount Calvary, Carmel, Baptist Church, AME, Zion, by the side of the road, Jericho, with Moses on the side with syrup and pancakes. Hashtag, hashtag, give me the money. (laughs) Shout out to them. <laughs> that's that's that all day church right there. Um, so we talked about we talked about your goals, and I know you, you you mentioned a lot of things like on a on a personal level, like where you would like to be. I want to expand that a little bit and go like, what about your music? What level of growth do you want to have with your music? There's one thing that you one thing that you want to see as a performer is you want to be able to look back and say this was good. But now I've grown. I, and I always, anytime I talk to anybody about this, I always use MJ as the example. I mean, where he was as little Michael with his brothers, with Motown, as to where he ended up, you know, when he passed away. The levels that, the levels of elevation that he took along his along his journey. So where do you want to be musically when you get to, you know, we just say 10 years down the road. And that's the eye blink. It goes by quick, trust me. Man, tell me about it. Man, that's really hard to say. Like, it's been sometimes I might say something and I might I might surpass that within the first year or two. And I'd be like, ah, I didn't think I was gonna be here that fast. So as of music wise, once again, just being globally known, like because 
that's I feel like that's always been the goal for me. I always as a kid, I was one of those kids that would look at TV and look at Disney Channel and be like, oh, I want to be like Eddie off that so raving. Or when I see them existing in the space that they're in TV, that's always been my goal. I didn't know I was gonna grow up and speak about the things that I'm speaking about now, but mm-hmm. and that's the way it happened. So it's kind of it's kind of bland and in a gray area for me to say. I want my music to do this because I don't ever feel like I can always, I don't ever feel like I can say the exact thing that's going to happen because it always turns out bigger. So. Okay. Now, would you be, would you be okay with, if that was a goal that you weren't able to attain? What you mean? Like you said, you wanted to, you want to, you want to become globally known. Like, let's uh-huh. just say, you know, you hustle, you, you hustle, you get out there, you get some traction, you get some good traction, but you're not able to necessarily attain that goal. Would you be, would you be okay with that? Then I'm, I'm coming from a, I'm coming from a personal place because, you know, some years ago, I used to be your age, you know, cause I'm 26. I'm, I'm a little older than you are, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there was a, there was a time that was me. That was what I wanted. Um, and I didn't get there. But I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with the fact that I was able to bless some folks along the way. I feel like it, and that's what I, I say about the time thing. Like, even if it didn't happen when you thought it was supposed to happen, still don't mean it can't happen. So, I find some like what was that lady's name? She became an actor in Black Panther. She started her career at. I think 80 some 90 some years old and she got that role and now the world knows her as the grandmother of black panther i can't remember her name though oh the grandmother or or the lady of i, I can't remember it, it was an older lady the grandmother his grandmother or his mother was it his mother because his uh-huh. mother has been around that's angela bassett that's queen angela no, no, no. No, not Angela. Okay, I was gonna say, wait a minute, we need to take you back to history class. No, 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 no. I know who Angela Bassett is. Oh, <laughs> many times I've seen her movies in the house. That's like a cultural black lady right there, bro. <laughs> she got all the movies for the culture. But she is going um, to become. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Side note, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. She is going to become the next uh, Cicely Tyson. I think she's going to become the next black female actress. Amen. To be, to be that actress, much much love and rest in peace to Queen Cecily. By the way, I feel like that's what my end goal is: is to be a staple. Like I want to be one of those people. We look at like a Jay Z or a Nipsey. Like even if I don't see it, I still want to be one of those people. I want to know the work that I'm putting in. It's something to be looked at and as a level to get to, rather than just being okay. His music was cool and nah. Whatever, I don't want to just be overlooked when I pass away. I want to be, one of the, <laughs> you know, you feel me? I want to live. Yeah, you I, don't want to be on a, you don't want to, you know, look down and they be like, oh lord, they're doing an unsung special about me on BET. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't want to be ridiculous. Right. So, but, um, so you said that you got you got a new project coming out, and I know you don't want to put a whole lot out about what the project is coming out, but uh, tell tell us. Okay, tell us what you can tell us about the project. Like, what's it called? Um, the project is called Kobe Child. Um, okay, it's in the realm of really pretty much everything we've talked about. Like, from being the best you can be in this area 
talking about um the hardship or not the hardships of my life but just expressing the space that i'm in and every project becomes like a time stamp okay he was feeling this way right here and this way he left behind okay and when you run into that i feel like it's alignment everything is going to be alignment when somebody pick up their project it was for you to hear though when somebody introduced you to this project it was for you to hear so i feel like that's how a lot of projects happen for me like even if i didn't run into it myself somebody around me would be like hey you you heard that crit and i didn't know who crit was at the time or big crit mm -hmm. that's one of my that's one of the people i look to and his last album uh forever is a mighty long time like that was one of those projects for me that showed a lot of growth and i'm still growing with that album so I remember meeting him and I go to his concert. It's the first time I'm telling this story. Oh, so word? Okay. <laughs> I go to his concert and like I've listened to the whole album, but it let me know how immature I was and just like unaware I was when I went to his um his show in Nashville. We get there, <clears throat> my friend hit me up. I almost missed the show. So I end up having a ride with somebody else to get there or whatever when they was leaving out i was out shopping but long story short we get to nashville just the experience is live take shots everybody turned up okay now we, <laughs> <laughs> we get on um, the show started he come out do his thing i'm knowing just about every word to every song except for like the second part he dropped a double album, Big Crit and Justin Scott side. The Big Crit side is what I was leaning more to, which was his younger perspective, if I don't say so myself. Okay. The Scott side, which is his real name. And then when I find out, um, like, I'm going up there, the whole time up there, I was like, I want to spit a verse for him. I want to show my hunger. And I get up there, I um, first thing I do when I walk around the corner for the meet and greet, yo, Crit, can I spit a 16 for you? He was like, oh, I got a long line, but, um, Take this picture and spit it for my cameraman. From there, I was just like, oh, bro, I just blew it. <laughs> I, I've been listening uh -huh. to his music. I didn't listen to oh, Forever is a Day. I mean, Forever in a Day. Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Um, King Remembered in Time. Like, I didn't listen to all of these projects, and I didn't express that to him. I more so tried to seize the opportunity to, like, let me show my hunger. Like, even though I didn't even want to get signed, my verse that I spit was talking about not getting signed. But I'm thinking, like, oh, he going to look at me. Oh, bro, you hard. I want to do music with you, but not realize. <laughs> you know, like, my younger perspective. So everybody coming up to him probably saying the same thing. I seen somebody give him CDs before I got up there. So, oh, Man, I look, you know, you know how the stuff folks hand him. He hand over to his publisher people. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you listen. You and Big Crit, me and Boys the Men. First time I did a Boys the Men meet and greet, I was like, I'm going to get in this line. When they call me up front, I'm just going to bust out singing. And then yep. when it came my time to be there, I was like, yo, what's up, fellas? Hey, great, great show. Great show, guys. And it was it was like, I was like, ah, <laughs> you know, like, like they, you know, I had this idea. We, we tend to have these ideas in our mind because, you know, we hear the stories about, because especially with Boys the Men, because. That's exactly how they got signed. You know, they snuck backstage and sang for uh, Biv and them. And Biv was like, yo, call my peoples. But, right. uh, you know, we, we all have those in our head, these fantasies where it's like, like in the movies where it's like, if I don't get to get on stage, and so-and-so's going to be there and I'm going to miss my big chance. 
you know, right. don't don't let that discourage you, young young brother. It's it's uh, you you'll get there. You keep hustling and you keep you keep hustling and you keep striving and you will attain some measure of success. It might not be what you planned to get, but you will attain some measure of success. That that much I can guarantee you. For sure, that's been my whole thing now. Just more so focusing on what I have and not what I I don't have. So learning to appreciate everything that's why i feel like i'm i'm more apt to want to make albums rather than just singles because a lot of times i feel like singles is just i don't know it's hard to put a lot into singles so i end up feeling just like i'm just talking about the surface more so than um diving into to my life so to speak i see you and i are opposite on that in that i feel like for me I feel like, well, my process is, like I said, I put out two, I put out three EPs, one gospel and two R&B. And the big thing with a single is when I get a song, I get the whole thing. I like, I hear it. We talked about this earlier, how you hear the whole thing in your head. And I can focus all my energy on that one piece because I'm not in the middle of working on one song and going, oh man, this would sound so much better on this song. No, I'm focusing on making this song the best it can be. Now, when mm-hmm. I've done the EPs, it was the same thing. It's just that I got all of these songs together at the same time. It was almost like as soon as I finished one song, I had the inspiration for another one. And as soon as I finished that one, I got an inspiration for another one. Um, but I just, I feel that, I find that it's easy. Some people do. They say it's easier for them to do singles than it is to do albums. Because if you do a single and you put all your energy into that single and that single pops, that's great. And then that leaves them ready for the album. Um, and then, you know, because you could put, put a lot of work into an album. I don't know about you, but I know growing up, I almost didn't want to buy it. Like, I got to a point where later on, as the record as the record store started closing up and stuff, and thank God they're making a comeback, um, that it was like I didn't even want to go out and buy an album until I heard at least three or four of the songs from the album on the radio. Because I didn't want to go shell out the 10 or 12 bucks I was spending back then to buy an album and the, and the hit be the only good song on the album. They just like, you know, the record label was like, they were lazy. We're going to put all our weight behind this one single. And then here's the rest of this, whatever. This is just filler tunes. For sure. I, I had to get out of the, 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 just the attachment to an album. I put it that way. A lot of times I'm thinking of an album as like the grand scheme or an umbrella, but whatever falls under that umbrella with making singles or I try to, it's like I have a mindset of trying to make everything a single. So if I put this effort into making this song for, with the idea of an album, then it turns into when I throw all of these songs together, this might not be as good as this song, but it's still not trash to the point where you just don't want to turn it off either. So it turns into you like you collectively building an album. But Russ said the same thing you said. So I respect both of y'all's perspective. I'm just, I'm learning to work my way into that rather okay. than trying to go close minded where I don't, you feel me, make singles at all or just think I don't have to make singles. Every song I make, I feel like is a single, in my opinion. But everybody, they don't look the same way either. So that's a whole nother conversation. I got you there. So we, we, we kind of running up against it right here, but I, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to go back and address uh, the how we met portion 
uh, of the, the interview. Um, um, and something that I mentioned is I noticed that you were doing the made the, 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 the mashups. So where did uh-huh. you get the idea? Is that something that you've always done? Or was that an idea that you just had when that contest is going? It's like, this is what I'm going to do to make myself stand out. Like I'm going to take this song and th- I'm going to take a Trey songs and a, and a, a weekend and a Maxwell and put them together in one song. Right. That was really just a freestyle moment. Like I'd seen somebody do that. I can't remember who else did it, but I really didn't know what songs I wanted to sing. I was just kind of like freestyling my way through those songs. So, um, okay. I know this part of this song and I know this part of this song and I just about know this whole song. So if I can take a lot of meat away from the song, I know already. And then add like the, the high key parts of what this song is, it turns into a super duper melody because, okay, this is a key part in the Maxwell song that if you, when you hear that, your ears are I, I put you on pause for a second. If there's any women watching this interview right now, whether they're live or in the replay, <laughs> just then collectively, all of them just went, Ooh, <laughs> 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 they just, mm-mm. I know you gotta warn me before you do that, baby. You can't be doing that to you. Mm. I'm gonna get you until your heart attack. <laughs> sang, baby. <laughs> That's that part when they get, they put both arms on the side of the chair and sit up and sang, baby, sang. Wave your hand like they're in church. <laughs> but just taking those key, you feel me, those key mm-hmm. parts that you know, like, so put this part right there. That's my opener. That's the opener of his song. I'm going to open my medley with this. Then take a song that everybody like, and it don't really have an opener, but this verse everybody likes. So put that verse right there, and then just kind of piece it together like some gumbo. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a good pot of gumbo. <laughs> I, I had to be careful, though. Mine got to have, like, sausage and stuff in it because I, I can't do shellfish. But, uh, yeah, that was that because every time I was listening, I was like, Wait a minute. I thought he was singing something else, and then you just went the opposite direction. But yeah. <laughs> worked for you, worked for you, bro, because you had some tight competition. I mean, shoot. I, I, matter of fact, I could see the three of y'all together on one bill. I don't even think y'all live close to each other, though. I don't think so. That would be not- something. I would pay. I would pay money to come see the three of y'all on on a show together. I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. That's I'm not blowing smoke. I would come to see y'all do y'all thing because y'all just with no. But listen, people. No music, no backing tracks, and that probably had to do something to do with um, something to do with copywriting because it was streaming on Facebook. But no music and no backing tracks. They just had to sing acapella, and all three of them was killing. Ladies, I'm telling y'all, Southern Res. I, well, I'm just gonna stay with Southern Res because this is his interview. But the other two casts was tight too. So, uh, for real though, man, I do. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. It's been a pleasure having you on. I enjoyed talking with you, and I want you to stick around after. But before we go, I need you to go ahead and tell everybody. I got the, the lower third has got your uh, has got your handles down there. That's at Southern Res on IG and Twitter. Also has a YouTube page. His music is available. Tell them where they can find the music because I found it on Amazon. But let the uh-huh. people know any place else they can find it. Uh, you can find me on all streaming platforms. Whether you go to Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, you can find me on um, Southern Ridge. Just type in that name, and you can find all of my music. Um, and more music coming soon too. Absolutely, well, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, 
that, ladies and gentlemen, with Southern Rez, I do appreciate having you on, brother. Again, like I said, I'm gonna have you hang out after uh, we're done here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, that's not the theme I wanted to play. That's the I want the one without the thing there. There we go. <laughs> I needed the one without the introduction. I'm about to start the show over again. We appreciate you. <laughs> I'm getting old, man. Appreciate having you on, man. We're going to talk some more after this is all done. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you that tuned in today, appreciate you for tuning in to this week's edition of Indian Unsigned. We'll be back next week, 1 p.m. Central. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. You can find us at Indian Unsigned on Facebook. You can find us under Zagnif Productions. You can find us on Zagnif Productions on Twitter and also on the IG. On behalf of myself and Southern Reds, we appreciate y'all and we are about this piece. We'll catch up with you next week. Holla. <laughs>